This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Wednesday, December 15th, and that means this is your 555 episode. Five writers from NBC Sports Edge for five minutes each. We will talk. Cavs front court where what's old is new and what's new is also new. I don't know if that makes sense, but we're going with it. Plus, Clippers wing options, some NBA futures bets with Drew Dinsick of NBC Sports Edge betting, and much more all coming up in the ensuing 25 minutes as I start a timer of five minutes on Ryan Knaus. Hey, Matt. Ryan. Oh, I guess I should talk, right? We only have five minutes. We we can't. We don't have time for pleasantries. You know what I mean? I feel like we've been wasting a good eight seconds on pleasantries. No, we I gotta know. stop that. You know? Let's get right into this. I know. I wanted to dive into your your tagline: "What's old is new, and what's new is yeah. still new," or whatever. But another day, another day, another day. We don't have time. Um, <laughs> Scotty Barnes. I wanted to talk to you about Scotty Barnes. Uh, so for the season, this is a guy who I think you and I came into the season with a little bit of skepticism about on whatever um he's been very good over the course of the season around 15 and a half points 8.3 boards mm-hmm. right around a steal and a block per game 0.83 he's shooting almost 37 percent from three so he's a better shooter than advertised coming in and uh his last 10 games he's taking it up a notch almost 17 points per game eight boards those three dimes 1.2 steals 1.7 blocks 1.7 threes i'm ryan how good for starters can this guy be hmm. That's a great question. Uh, Like, I love looking at box scores and just observing Scotty Barnes, what he's doing on a night-to-night basis, and, of course, watching Raptors games. He's, as you said, so much better than advertised, both shooting, but his defense, I mean, he came in, you know, plaudits for his defense, and we're starting to really see that as he's picking up the schemes of, of NBA defenses, as he's adjusting to the speed of the game and the physicality of it. He's had some really excellent sort of dominant performances and you see the guy he could become uh, including that five block game the other night right just an absolute monster his length is ridiculous nick nurse dropped a little line to the media the other day that uh scotty barnes is 610 which came as a surprise since he's listed at 67 on espn yeah. and nba.com wow uh so whether i mean nurse is sometimes loose with the facts but sure. regardless He's got incredible length, uh, you know, the shooting ability. He's got handles for a guy his size. Super impressive. He can get out and run. There's really not much to, you know, peck at in terms of what he isn't doing. And I think he's got a solid role on a team with a 13 and 15 record and plenty of incentive to keep the young guys out there. So I love rest of season. And to your question of how good can he be? I don't know. I mean, it. Yeah, I, I don't know, but he brings shades of uh, Sean Marion Matrix level fantasy production. So from a fantasy perspective, maybe he can get there. Well, and I mean, the, what's so funny is we come into this, his college stats on defense in particular just weren't anything to you know get excited about. And I think that's one of the reasons we were skeptical, but obviously it's a totally different story. Um, before we move on to the next guy, quickly, I mean, are we not worried about it? Are we worried about a rookie wall mm-hmm. with with with, the, with a guy like this? I mean, I'm certainly not in the leagues where I have him, but I just didn't know if you had a different perspective on that. No, that varies so much player to player, but it's 
to forecast that and try to discount him because maybe eventually he'll hit the rookie wall. That seems like a, a fool's errand. Uh, so, no, I don't think he's playing so many minutes that he's going to get burnt out. The Raptors are smart about it, so I'm not worried about that. Right. Okay, so we thought one thing about Scotty Barnes coming to the year, that has proven, uh, he's proven to be way better than we expected. And we, we also thought about a different guy, Jared Vanderbilt, coming to this year. I certainly thought this would be the guy that we would add off waivers, then drop, then add, then drop. He'd have a random good game and, be, and then, you know, disappoint. But he is shaping up to be one of the waiver wire pickups of the year so far. Doesn't score a lot, but he's sitting at 8.2 boards, 1.5 steals, 0.8 blocks. Better than that over the last stretch, his last 12 games. He's nearly 8 points and 11 rebounds, getting defensive stats. Mm -hmm. Also hit a triple in each of his last two games, which is intriguing. So, Ryan, are you as high as I am on Jared Vanderbilt overall? I am indeed. I Coming into the season, had him pegged pretty high because of his per-minute defensive production. So mm -hmm. I thought, well, for 8-cat, 9-cat, put this guy on all my watch lists. I think I drafted him in one 14-team league. Uh, and early in the season, it, what, he was that guy, as you mentioned, that you pick up, cut again, pick up. He started, then he went back to the bench. Right. Minutes were kind of inconsistent. But now that he's locked into his starting role, he's really found his groove. The only thing that worries me, because the, the rebound, I mean, he's a natural rebounder. He, he knows how to get position. He's got length. He's got open court speed. He's good. Now, offensively, he's an afterthought. It's all occasional cuts, putbacks, that type of thing, extremely low usage. So right. you're not going to get scoring out of him. I don't expect that. But the only thing that worries me is he's maybe not a true power forward on a roster that honestly like lacks a power forward. And at the trade deadline, that's probably something they're going to address. So if they do bring in a power forward of the future, that could definitely hurt Vanderbilt, send him back to the bench. I mean, he's a guy who can play 32, 35 minutes a game, but is he someone who should be doing that on a team that's trying to get to the next level, building around Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, and so forth, that I'm not sure of. My fantasy roster say, yes, he should be doing that. And don't you, <laughs> don't even dare talk send about bringing anyone else. <laughs> write a letter to the, to the Wolves franchise. You got this, Matt. Okay. Ryan, thank you as always. I shall talk to you in the very near future. Thanks. See ya. Good luck to you. Okay. Uh, we now welcome in Drew Dinsick of NBC Sports Edge Betting. Drew, welcome back. Glad you are here, sir. Thanks as always for having me. I can't, uh, I always love breaking down the NBA. We don't get to do it as much as we would love to because, uh, you know, NFL tends to drive the gambling uh, content machine, but right. uh, love, love getting new perspective on NBA. So happy to be here. All right, nice. Well, so for starters, I think we were going to talk about a game or games that you were betting into on Wednesday for those listening before tip off, if you are listening live or before tip off. So, so what's on your radar for Wednesday? Yeah, there's a couple of sides that I'm high on here, and I guess I'll I'll, I'll do the uh, the appetizers before getting into the main dish here. Okay, appropriate. There are two sides that I laid the points that uh, I'm buying low on some pretty um, uh, pretty lackluster performances through this point of the season. The first is the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, I laid the eight there. Um, the Hawks have been unimpressive. It's, to put it kindly, really, uh, their net rating right now is, is it even positive? It is positive, but just barely. Um, they happen to be going up against the worst team in the NBA, in my opinion, though, in the Orlando Magic. And the Orlando Magic, honestly, the way the Hawks have been struggling, and as you can, if you if you were watching the Hawks uh, Rockets, for instance, last time out. I was. Um, they, like, that collapse was like epic yeah um and i pointed you know trying to kind of break down well how does this happen what is going on here like really like their wing defense really struggled uh and uh you know they were just giving up just 
absurd looks to players who uh, can make open three-pointers. Yeah. And uh, you know what Orlando does not have? Uh, guys who can make open three-pointers. <laughs> so right. it's sort of the one key weakness here about laying the points with the Hawks is kind of uh, a scratch for me. So uh, I don't mind going to war with them at minus eight. My fair price in that one is minus 10. Um, and then uh, I went going again, buying low on these uh, LA Lakers. Lakers are not a great team. I completely own that. Uh, this is not going to be a team that I'm going to back a lot in the regular season. Their net rating a little below. Uh, even right now, they're minus 0.2. Um, but, and they're taking on another team that I think are relative frauds in the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks, of course, will not have Luka Doncic tonight. They got it done against the Hornets last time out pretty comfortably. Although I kind of hang more of that on the Hornets than I do on the Mavericks. Mavericks were made, you know, had a little bit of unsustainable uh, three-point shooting in that contest. That game got out of control in the first half, and really it was not indicative of what this team is strength-wise without Luka. So, um, yes, their defense is going to be a little bit better without Doncic on the floor. Um, but I think ultimately, uh, you know, what we've seen from the Lakers at times when they've been at full strength is uh, enough for me to go to war with them at a uh, at a short price of minus two. I'm expecting LeBron and and Anthony Davis both play. Uh, of course, they're dealing with a couple of uh, guys out from uh, COVID absences, but uh, ultimately those guys, you know, THT, the only guy that I really uh, sweat right. uh, not having on the floor for the Lakers in this contest. So those are the two appetizers. Uh, what are your thoughts on those? Man, you you hit the the one of the main things with the Hawks because their offense has been very very good. Their defense is absolutely head scratching. I mean, there's letting DJ Augustine and Eric Gordon like fire away from three. Two guys who I mean make either of those guys put it on the floor. As a Hawks fan, it's the most frustrating thing. <laughs> and uh, I do I do like though. Orlando is a spot for the Hawks to get right, especially coming off of that collapse. And uh, this is not a bad team. This is a perplexing team that is kind of trying to figure some things out. So uh, I, I like the Hawks to get right there. We got about 90 seconds left. Where do you want to take this? Do you want to go to Thursday? Do you have anything else from Wednesday? Where, where, where do you want to go? Well, my favorite look on the card tonight is the Pacers. They're taking on a uh, COVID-stricken Milwaukee Bucks team. And yeah. uh, I guess really, you know, in the same sort of sense as it's perplexing to price the Hawks because, like, they're good. They're talented. They have absolute, you know, no doubt, all-NBA guy in, in Trey Young leading them. Right. Uh, Pacers in a similar boat where, uh, you know, the advanced metrics would tell you this is like a clear top 10 team. Like, their net rating is plus two. Uh, they're, you know, they're somehow 12 and 17 and talking about blowing up the whole squad yeah. even though like they're like everything would tell you they're they're good uh rick carlisle not my favorite guy out there but right. uh, you know he's sure, certainly capable of coming up with uh you know some good plays at the end of game uh we just haven't seen him put it all together and now they finally draw a bucks team without Giannis. chris middleton's banged up Dante DiVincenzo was expected to make his big return. Right. He was going to take a little bit of the load off some of these bench guys. Now he's out. So, you know, it's, it's a, uh, it's a decent spot here for Indiana to, uh, to, you know, kind of correct the record, so to speak. Um, yeah. Cause either one of two things here happens with the Pacers, either their net rating comes back down to earth to meet their, their record or their record comes back up to meet their net rating. And so I'm backing into the Pacers here and uh, I laid the two points there. I think they get the win. So chalky Wednesday for me. All right. I like that. And Pacers, I don't know. What a weird team. Too much again, too much talent to be <laughs> yes. to be 12 and 17 on that roster and 100%. Uh, I don't know. Weird weird times. It's also not like these are ancient guys they're talking about trading away either. I mean, these are these are young like really really like players that a lot of teams would want. So, what Indiana's doing, no idea. <laughs> but 
Thank you, Drew. As always, you can follow him on Twitter at whale underscore capper. Hear him on the Bet the Edge podcast. Drew, appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for having me. Best of luck. Yeah, same, man. All right. Uh, we now say hi to uh, Raphael Johnson. Raph, you ready to do this? You're muted. You're muted. So the answer is no, you're not ready to do this. Are you ready now? Yeah, that would help. <laughs> yeah, well, now we're ready. Um, yeah, uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, obviously, it's morning here, but afternoon where you are. Um, and I first wanted to talk about a guy that we really didn't think would be in the Cavaliers' plans this season. Right. But he has carved out a nice role for himself now. It'll be Kevin Love. That's the uh, that's the what's old is new. That's the what's old is new portion of yeah, the program. Exactly. Um, over the last five games, he's been really good. Um, 15.6 points, 7.0 rebounds, 2.0 assists. Not much in the steals or blocks category, but you come to expect that from him. 3.8 three-pointers per game with shooting splits of 46-9, 51-4, and 100. Um, for the season, he's pretty close to top 100 at nine cat. According to Basketball Monster, and he's rostered in 55% of Yahoo leagues. I think the question here is this a good sell high time on Kevin Luck? Right. Because I know the Cavaliers are right in the thick of a playoff chase. And for that reason, he may stick in the rotation for the long haul. But I don't know if we should be expecting close to top 100 value given the presence of Jared Allen and Evan Mobley and how well they've played this season. Yeah. I mean, it's such a weird thing for starters because this is the first time in so long that the Cavs have been competitive and that we would even think they would want Kevin Love yeah. on the floor. I mean, it's we've kind of been joking. The running joke has just been, oh, how many games till Kevin Love gets shut down? He's almost he's almost reached his games played total from last year. He's at 21. He played 25 last year. Yeah. So I don't know. I For one thing, he's, he's only going to disappear at this point because of injury, right? I mean, yeah. they as like a competitive team, they probably want him playing that 20 minutes a game role. No, Jared is wagging his finger. See, Jared doesn't take long for Jared to get involved. Somehow he got my attention. He's like way down there on the screen, but I just saw. See, but here's the thing. Cleveland's played this well against the most difficult schedule in the NBA. Uh huh. So I don't think they're going anywhere. You know? It's a, yeah. Maybe you can get someone to, to buy on Kevin Love, but if you want to hold on to him, I can certainly understand that as well. Yeah, and I mean, what? just being totally real about this, what would you really get for Kevin Love in, in a fantasy trade anyways? I yeah. think you'd have, to be ta- you'd have to be in a pretty deep league to, to get, you know, to pique someone's interest with, with a one-for-one Kevin Love offer, you That's know? And if I see him, if you sent me a two-for-two two or a three-for-three three and Kevin Love's in there, I'd be like, ah, I don't <laughs> like this offer. Mm-hmm. But... With that said, if I picked him up in a deeper league, I'm quietly like, hey, you know what? Maybe I am going to get a a long stretch of this Kevin Love decent production. He's getting no defensive stats, but like four three-pointers per game almost uh, over those last five games that you cited. I mean, he's playable right now. That's a lot more than we could say about uh, the Kevin Love of of recent years. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. So, I don't know. I like it. We got two minutes left. You want to talk more Kevin Love or move on to your other guys? We're going to move on to another staying power question. It involves the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, Terrence Mann and Luke Kennard, they've both been really good over their last three games with Paul George out. Um, Mann, 14-3, 9.3 rebounds, 2.0 assists, 0.7 steals, 1.73s per game. Kennard's at 18, 4.7, 3.3, and 4.73s per game. Kennard's rostered in more leagues, uh, 39% Yahoo compared to 21% man. Right. Uh, George is listed as questionable for tonight's game. 
But I guess the question I would have is, which one do you buy into having longer staying power? I'm kind of leaning Kennard here, yeah. especially with Ty Lu giving him the green light to shoot and even getting mad when he doesn't shoot. So I kind of think he may have the staying power over man, but I think it's close. I agree with you. And I think if you look at their game logs, if you line them all up, mm-hmm. Kennard's spike coincides directly with George being out the last three games, right? I mean, I mean, I, uh, man, I, man. I mean, man, yeah. sorry, I misspoke, yep. man spike. And then Kennard was doing some things before that. Mm-hmm. Kennard has a, yes. a longer stretch in December. I can't remember exactly how many games, but around 17 points per game in December um, in 31 minutes. So I think I agree he's safer yeah. than man when Paul George is healthy. Man is interesting when Paul George is out, though. Yeah, that's a good point. Kennard uh, scored 12 points more in each of his last seven games. So, yeah. To your point, yeah, he's been a little bit better over longer haul when they had George in the lineup. So maybe he's the one that fancy managers should either stick with or go out and grab, even if Paul George is cleared to play. I think I agree with that. And I mean, the thing with Kennard has just been staying on the floor, right? Isn't it about defense? Like, there's no question this guy can score. I mean, I think I think it's yeah. getting, uh, you know, getting himself on the floor, staying on the floor. And uh, by the way, Terrence Mann during that three-game stretch shooting 68% from the floor. I couldn't couldn't overlook that too. So, as like an insurance play for mm-hmm. Paul George, exactly. if your benches are big enough, yeah. I like man too. If you have Paul George on your roster, because you know, you know, Paul George is uh, no guarantee to stay healthy the rest of the way. Certainly. Yeah. Good point. Raf, appreciate it. Uh, you will not be sticking around for the final word today. I've been told you have other things to do. Yeah, I got a kind of a loaded schedule today, so I won't be able to come back and and bug Jared. Raf's final word is still a thing, everyone. We're still making this a thing, but (laughs) just not today. Raf, thanks. All right, thank you. All right, see ya. We have two more guests to come. First, we're going to take a very quick break. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Give the gift of NBC Sports Edge Plus this holiday season. Get 15% off annual subscriptions when you use the code HOLIDAY15 at checkout. This offer turns to coal on December 31st, so visit NBCSportsEdge.com slash Edge Plus today. Also, download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter this week's free NBA Pick and Roll Contest for a chance to win $50,000. This week, we are highlighting matchups between the Wizards and Kings, Grizzlies and Trailblazers, and Clippers and Jazz. If you don't have the Predictor app yet, download it right now. And now, I'm going to add Brad Stonebreaker to the proceedings. Brad, what's happening? Not much, Matt. Uh, just, just ready to talk some more calves. How are you? How are you? 
yeah, I'm good. And so I said, what's old is new with Kevin Love. And I said, what's new is new. <laughs> Somehow that's Jared Allen. So so take it away. I guess so. Yeah. Um, he has been just so good lately. Um, to start the year, he wasn't blocking shots. And he was one of those weird situations of big guys just not blocking shots this season. You think mm-hmm. the Bam out of bios, he was at like 0.3 before his injury. Nurkic is barely at Yusuf Nurkic. Yeah. yeah. Half a block, yeah. I think, or something like that. But, and yeah, he had five total in his seven October games and kind of started slowly picking it up. And strictly because he has been blocking shots lately, he's moved back into like second round conversation. Yeah. And he has 10 straight games with at least one block and seven of those 10 he has multiple blocks in them and he doesn't miss shots. He's in the seventies, like 71% from the field. Yeah. Something else that's overlooked. uh, He's getting almost a steal a game, which is pretty far ahead of his career high 0.6. So if he keeps this up, I mean, do you think, I guess question for you, do you think second round status is in the picture for Allen? If he can keep this up? I'm inclined to say yes because you look at his numbers for the season, right? He's you know around the 17 points, 11 rebounds, 1.3 blocks, 0.9 steals. You mentioned the percentages, and by the way, what a thrilling race between his field goal and free throw percentages: 71.4 <laughs> from the field, 72 from the line. So this is exciting stuff to watch. Very, uh, the very. last 12 games, he's been he's been even better than that. Mm-hmm. Like 21 points, 11 rebounds, almost two blocks, 82 from the free throw line. So yeah, I mean, I, I certainly buy you know. I don't want to put too much weight on the last 12 games, but you know you like to see when the the season is split up into parts, and the most recent part is better than the first part. That's always a good sign. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so so count me in on second round Jared Allen. I I am a believer, and I am uh, quietly crushed. I didn't get him in more leagues. Yeah. No. Me too. I I was one of those, I was one of the people worried about all the their team is massive. Like their small forward is six eleven in Laurie Markkinen. Right. So I was I was a little worried about him. He is he is the lone center, like their best center, far and behold. But um, he's proving me wrong for sure. And I also wish I had him anywhere. I don't I don't think I have any Jer Allen shares, which is a shame at this point as a twenty first best player in all of leagues or something like that. It is a shame. I, I just you know I don't know. We all have blind spots when it comes to fantasy, and uh, that certainly was one for me heading into this season. You also want to talk about a uh, another Eastern Conference big man of note, but maybe a different story here with Julius Randle. Yeah, sadly, a little different. Uh, I won't bash him too much, but um, Randle, he was he was top thirty, almost top thirty per game last year. Yeah, such a good year, most improved career highs in points, assists, three point field goal percentage, and just about tied his career high in rebounds. Um, he had a couple big lines early this year, and I'll give him some credit after last night. Uh, the team lost, of course, but. Right. He did have 31 points, seven rebounds, three assists, two steals, and five three-pointers, and he shot it pretty well. Uh, the four turnovers, they are what they are at this point. I think you could agree. But yes, like, like I said, the, the team the team lost. And they're 12 and 16. They're 12th in the East, and after starting five and one, I think they're seven and 15 over the the last 22. Mm-hmm. So just just not good looks for the Knicks and. I think there's got to be some sort of correlation with Randall's success and the Knicks' success as he's just a sixth rounder right now. And this was a guy people were taking sometimes as early as late second. So yeah, I'm I just I'm not too sure how much better he can be or how how much how many more rounds up he could move, how much he could shift if the Knicks continue to to struggle like this, like they are. 
Yeah, and I mean, to me, what stands out when I look at Randall's last year versus this year is his shooting is worse this year. And he yeah. shot 41% on threes last year, and he's shooting 34 on threes this year. And I just and his field goal percentage is down too. And I just think when I look at this guy, do I really believe that he's a 41% three-point shooter? Like, lock that in? I, I don't. I don't really buy that. You know. So the the resulting drop in production kind of makes sense. And so he's, I mean, he's a top 75 guy right now. It's not bad. It's not what you drafted, but I think that's more realistically what we should expect. He was, I think he was like 140th in nine category leagues the year before the breakout last year. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think last year was, was abnormally high and we're splitting the difference now. And that, that feels believable to me. Yeah, no, definitely. And also, kind of to add to that i don't think it it doesn't help that he's shooting worse from the field but some of this is because a he's shooting lower from three-point percentage he's shooting three percent more threes than last year so i think that like kind of double takes takes a double hit on his overall shooting which is not the best look right and i mean look the good news is you have a guy who's contributing a bunch of categories he's getting 0.7 blocks which is up from last year it's not all doom and gloom with randall absolutely just not quite getting what you got and Maybe you're not going to get what you expected, but you know it's not a bust. It's a absolutely not a to- full totally bust. A light no, bust. N- no, no way. <laughs> Just a light bust. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Brad. Thanks. We'll we'll see you back here soon. Great. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Jared Johnson. Hello. Hello, Matt. Uh, you guys were talking about New York. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. You know who's better? Who? Mister Stefan. Wardell Curry II. I'm not sure if you noticed this, but uh, this man who plays for San Francisco uh, snapped the all-time three-point record last night. Yes, he's uh, that's the word on the street. That's what that's they're saying. He's fairly good at basketball. I'm, I'm, he's I believe he's won uh, back-to-back MVPs one time unanimously. He's aging well. He's he's aging well, <laughs> aging gracefully. I was just thinking, like, he snapped this record at 33, and I honestly think that Steph Curry could play into his 40s. Like, what do we think? Do you think that this record could be broken during our lifetimes? Like, did, like imagine what it would take for someone to break Steph Curry's record when his career's over. Like, he just broke it, and he's got time left. Right. Um. I mean, sure, I. you know, it could be. I don't know. I mean, I'm planning to live to about 130, so, like, that helps. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's it's an interesting question. It's an interesting yeah. question. I mean, he's like, and it's not just the numbers. It's not just the volume. It's the efficiency. He's 43.1% from distance. Crazy. On his career. You know, I've said this before. I think that LeBron James is going to be one of the greatest of all time of, of my generation. Uh, I think there's different goats between generations. Right. But I think that Curry's just really revolutionized the game preceded by guys like Steve Nash and Mike D'Antoni. It's just the game is completely different now when we watch it. And I just I just wanted to take take a couple minutes here to comment on one of my favorite players of all time, Mr. Stefan Wardell Curry II. Glad we got the full formal name in there for, uh, for the record. <laughs> I was promised something about a great lineup snafu of 2021, and I have to know what this is because I don't know what we're talking about. I looked it up and it wasn't as interesting as I thought. So I'm going to pivot now. <laughs> oh, okay. Can you can you give me like a, a two lines on what that was and then move on to the move on to the other thing? I was so so upset <laughs> because on Sunday there was that incredibly early game and I was matched up with you last week. Yeah. And uh 
I allegedly may have been out late the previous night on Saturday. Uh-oh. And <laughs> there allegedly... No comment. I'm not going to comment on those rumors. May have been alcohol involved, and I may have slept in. And when I woke up, I saw that Drew was not in my lineup. And I ended up losing to you by precisely five assists. Wow. Which is the number of assists that Drew had. And at the time, I lost to you by one as steal, which is what drew had but then there was a stat correction and that that helped me out a little gotcha. bit it was a it was a, gotcha. it was a five four loss instead of a six three loss but i could have i almost got you five four anyways well thank you to your social life much appreciated for that category there was something else that happening in new york on a tuesday night in one of the other boroughs yes while uh, steph curry was going bonkers in the garden nick claxton had a little bit of a showing last night brooklyn only had eight players available so he kind of got the default start yeah and yeah. he finished with 16.7 boards and assists one block and a turnover across 26 minutes and uh, those 26 minutes were the most he's played uh, since coming back from that illness that cost him a month on the sidelines um, and just to recap, the players that are missing that is relevant to Nick Claxton, Paul Millsap, James Harden, LaMarcus Aldridge are all going to be quarantining for the next couple weeks. Uh, so we could get a nice little stretch from Claxton here, which uh, coincides with seven games through week 10. Um, he's currently only rostered in 13% of Yahoo leagues. Wow. I personally think that number should be higher with the amount of games he has coming his way. Uh, I've always said this. I think that Claxton is one of the more talented centers in Brooklyn. It's just a matter of on that loaded team, he's not really able to get the minutes he needs. But right now, by default, he's going to be kind of forced to get the minutes he needs. And uh, yeah, I just think that he's a guy that should, you should go out and get right now. Do you feel as high as I do about Steven, uh, Steven, Nick Claxton? Steven Claxton. Uh, <laughs> no, not as, not as high as you do, but I, but I do get it and i think it makes sense and he had a real weird game with a yeah, bunch of twos in it yeah. <laughs> the game before <laughs> two points two rebounds two steals two blocks but yeah i think that's an interesting one and the nets are just one of these rosters right now that like you said is so decimated i don't even know if you mentioned bruce brown but someone named kessler edwards had 17 points <laughs> and 10 rebounds in 43 minutes david duke jr started played 37 minutes 10 points 13 rebounds two steals two blocks those are also Nets waiver wire guys because like you said all of these guys are missing patty mills had 30 points i mean patty mills was actually part of you destroying me that hurt extra bad because james harden was missing on sunday and patty mills randomly comes across with this like seven assist game and that put you over the top of assist oh yeah oh i'm coming for you this week man, Matt. man. We're matched up in the 14 team league i shall make my i shall get a vengeance upon ye good sir okay okay <laughs> all right well good sir i the bad news for you is that's not going to happen the other Ooh. bad news is raf's last word is on pause because raf had something more important to do but <laughs> i have good news and he doesn't know this yet this Ooh, week it's brad's, brad's last word the, the stone breaker <laughs> is here if you sit around in the waiting room long enough you are coming back on brad you're, you're you're muted. You're not ready. Do you have a last word Come for on, us, Stonebreaker. The last word. The last word is yours. You didn't even talk about Kevin Durant when bringing up the Nets. He followed up a 50-point game with a triple double, which is crazy. First one to do that since Dame in January 2020, which is just insane. Uh, 
last word 11 games tonight i think yeah so set your set your teams and have fun play, play, choose some hoops play some hoops go for it <laughs> have fun wise words from that <laughs> have fun i like it yeah the last word doesn't have to be profound it can be something as simple as have fun enjoy the evening you know that's all we're looking for nice and easy. all right that is going to do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a second to rate and review us as well. We are here every weekday throughout the regular season, so check us out. I want to say thanks to everyone for listening and for watching live, and thanks to all of our writers for joining. Ryan, Drew, Raf, Brad, Jared, the latter two are still here. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Matt. See you, Jared. Adios. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.